Welcome to Le Rendez-vous. My name is Garros Doré and I'm a writer with many stories, gossips, ideas, theories and points of views to share about the world we live in. I wanted to create this special moment to talk about all the things that are going on in our lives. So come, let's spend a moment together. Le Rendez-vous is brought to you by Doré, the skincare line I co-created wanting to bring more simplicity and efficacy to our lives. Check out the end of the episode for a special code just for you, the Rendezvous listeners. Here is something that I'm experiencing right this second. Solitude. I'm in London. It's Sunday morning. It's foggy out there. My husband is not here. I don't have children, I'm not supposed to work, because it's Sunday, and I just don't have many friends in London yet. And there used to be a time when that would completely freak me out. You have no idea. But now I'm just at peace, and I'm thinking of the spaciousness of the day that I have and how excited I am to have silence and calm to be able to record this moment with you. And I'm like, mm, I made it. I'm cool with solitude. It wasn't always like that, though. I grew up in a very busy family. There was always something going on. I had brothers and sisters and my mom had friends and there was always something. I also lived in a neighborhood where I had my friends around that could just come out of my house and my neighbor was a friend and it was just busy, busy, busy. I was working all summer. I was never, ever bored. I went to boarding school. Same thing. Always something to do. Always someone to speak to. I'd never, ever found myself just on my own. That's probably why after that, with my best friend, we decided we're going to live together. That made total sense. And we loved each other so much that this lasted for seven years. It was amazing. And the only moments I had alone were a very controlled environment. It was that type of friendship. We do everything together. We share friends and we share clothes and we share everything but we had one thing that was different. She was a night owl and I was a morning person. So every day we both would have five to six hours just on our own. Oh yeah, the difference was that big. She was the type of person who goes to bed at three in the morning and I was the type of person and still I'm the type of person that wakes up at five or six in the morning. It was absolute perfection. But one day, something just pushed me out. At that time, we were both studying in the south of France. I was living in Aix-en-Provence with her in this beautiful, lovely apartment. And something just told me, you gotta get out. It's time. I had dreams of going to live in Marseille. Marseille is only half an hour away from Aix-en-Provence, but it's the polar opposite. It's the big loud, dangerous city, at that time at least. 
a place where I didn't know anyone, where I had no friends, a place that for me was as magical as Chicago. I've never been to America. So I had this kind of mystique about the big towns. And so I just picked my courage and moved out. It was very difficult with her and we're still best friends, but that moment was difficult. Took my stuff, found myself an apartment, bought myself a car, terrible car, by the way, but who cares? And just got busy and moved myself to Marseille. I really still don't know what happened. I just wanted a new life, I think. And I hadn't measured the impact that my new life would have on me. I was 22, tired of being myself, and I was going to rebuild something from there. That's actually what happened. I just wasn't that articulate at that time to know that this was going on. The first thing that happened was that after I moved in, my apartment, my first solo apartment, I remember sitting on the floor and thinking, what now? School wasn't starting for another month or so. And anyway, I'm going to be very honest with you. It wasn't the focus of my life. University was this big kind of place full of strangers. And it's not where I had a lot of interactions. I had zero friends in Marseille. And I was completely alone. And I remember sitting on the floor. My apartment was quite empty and being like, what the fuck have I done? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And so the first reaction that I have was to switch on the TV. I had a little TV that, I don't know, somebody had given me. And that's what I did for hours. I was reading, drinking coffee, watching TV, and going out for walks alone. I would give myself a goal, like, oh, I need to buy some milk. Oh, I need to go to the market. But I didn't have enough money to make that last for a very long time. So at some point, I had to be confronted with the fact that I was very much alone. I felt a lot of weird emotions for the first time in my life. You know, that sensation of not existing because nobody's calling you. You're just not there anymore. It was like an, a disappearing act. There was no phones at that time to just text for reassurance, somebody in, on the other side of the world. And it's not like I had friends on the other side of the world yet, but you wouldn't have the same easiness with telephones, computers. There was no texting. So I was really pretty much alone. I remember one day I was at the market and I saw a face that I knew. It was that friend Diego. I had met him at some party and he barely recognized me. And I was like, are you here? Are you, do you live in Marseille? Do, do you, please, can you have a coffee with me? I had no care for my dignity or whatever. I was just, just so sad and feeling so lost and feeling like, yeah, feeling like I had disappeared. I didn't exist for anyone. And if you don't exist for anyone, do you exist for yourself? Do you mean anything? Are you of any use in this world? What is it? What was I? Did I have an identity when I wasn't with my friends? 
who was that person that I didn't know that was just having to manage all day her needs and her emotions. Suddenly, it was all for me to manage and I couldn't regulate it with others. How freaky. I hated it. And when I got to the end of watching TV, probably a few weeks where I was like, this can't keep going on. I mean, my, my brain is going to explode. <laughs> I started crying. I just sat there and cried. Couldn't know what to do. I saw my friend Diego a couple times, but he wasn't feeling any of that void that I was feeling. It was like a giant hole that I was worried I would fall into and I'd never come back from. It lasted a while. But it's at the end of that time that something, probably one of the most significant things happened to me. I had resigned myself to my solitude. I wasn't meeting anyone. Nothing was happening. No one was calling me. No coffee to be taken with friends. No weekend plans. Nothing. And one day, out of despair, I just grabbed anything I had in my apartment. Things in my kitchen, paper, scissors, some glue somewhere, my pencils, all the magazines that I had, and I had very many because that was one of the things that was keeping me together. And I started making something with that. And that day, I created my first collage. And I truly think this is the beginning of my artistic career. It would take years to get that into a professional path. But that's the first time that I felt that there was no void. That I was present, that I didn't need anything or anyone to fill me. That I could do it all by myself with an act of creation. That my existence was justified that I could look at something, my creation, and feel full. The time went so fast that I could do that again and again, that nobody could take that away from me, that it was beautiful, even if it was naive, even if it wasn't perfect, even if it wasn't even art. And that was a huge beginning in my life. After that moment, things become blurry in my mind. I can't remember, but I started meeting one person. And then one day I went to a party and met who would become my boyfriend. After a few months, I had a group of friends. I wasn't bored anymore. I'd never had time to do things. And study started again. And solitude disappeared from my life once again. It would take a long time to find it again. And I wasn't pursuing it yet. Mm -mm. After a few years, I moved away from Marseille. By that time, I had picked up on the clues and had decided to become an illustrator. It was about seven years later, a little less, but something like that. I had opened my blog. I had encountered a tiny spark of success and I had decided I would go to Paris. 
Paris was interesting. I didn't encounter solitude there. I was just too busy. I was in love with my work, the blog that I had created, and nothing could stop me. I never really made friends in Paris. Of course, I had people I knew. Of course, I met a lot of other bloggers and time was filled with a lot of social interactions. And Paris is a place where you can walk for hours and never feel alone, sit at a cafe. There was something like that. It was very exciting. And I don't remember a moment of solitude. Then I moved to New York and New York was very hectic. I already had a boyfriend before I moved there. I was sort of famous, uh, almost famous, if you will. And so people just called me and were like, come, let's have a coffee. Americans, they have this wonderful way of welcoming you. Oh, you just moved to New York? I'll throw a dinner party for you. I was never alone for a long time. Until things started changing. And my boyfriend and I slowly moved apart from each other. He really wanted to travel and keep going with a hectic life. He loved it. And I wanted to build something nice in the city. So I told him, you go and, and you travel. And that started creating a sense of space in my life and time. Because there were whole weekends when he wasn't there. Sometimes he would leave for three weeks. And in that time, that feeling that I knew very well came back. Solitude, again, in New York. And that was the age of social media. And I could see everybody being busy. And I, nothing. Nobody would call me. You had to make plans be so organized. And I was always the last minute type of person. Oh, let's do that this weekend. Want to go have a coffee? Oh, what if we go spend the weekend there? And I wasn't the same in New York. P people have this sort of scheduling craziness and anxiety about not having things to do. And everything is about being busy. And people have these small apartments. They don't want to stay in their houses at the weekend. They thrive on busy social life. If you go out in New York for brunch in the mornings, Saturday and Sunday. It's insane. It's noisy. It's boisterous. It's wonderful. And you feel like you have to be out. You have to be doing things. You call your friends and they're on a weekend in Miami or they're upstate. There's always something happening or so I thought. And that's when I started realizing that a lot of my social life in New York was work because it stopped at the weekends. You know what I mean? There were moments where I was experiencing so much FOMO. I didn't know what to do. And the funny thing is that I actually do not like to go to brunch. <laughs> I don't like getting drunk on Saturday nights in the city. There, there, there are many things. Like I'm, I'm more of a house party type of person, last minute coffee, very French in many, many ways. Stay at the bar. You know, in, in Paris, what we do and in the south of France too, is like you meet your friends for a glass of red wine and just stay at the bar for the rest of the night. And that's your night. Some people will come and you'll meet other people and we'll end up somewhere else. It's very nonchalant like that. It's very, very fun. 
not the same thing in the city. And that was a different type of solitude than the one I experienced in Marseille and one that I couldn't ever fill because I think my time in New York was one where I was very detached from my center or, you know, my soul. I was looking for myself in others. I was working too much to develop my presence. Everything was outside. It kind of corresponds a lot with the city of New York, small apartments, people working all the time, people very busy. It's not really a place for developing your spirituality, your sense of self and your love for solitude. And so I started doing what a lot of people in New York do and just see people to be with people, just see them not to be alone. Very fast, I learned how to fill my weekends. It was not very fulfilling. It was very empty and quite sad, but I would keep doing it because the FOMO was so strong and because just staying in my apartment, it was just not enough. And by then, my creativity was all I was doing. So it's not like I would spend the weekends at home and paint and fill it with something deep like that. No, I felt enough, enough creativity, enough productivity. I just wanted to hang out with my friends. I never solved this solitude problem in New York. Instead, what I did was realize you're not building anything by doing that. The people you're seeing are here to fill an emptiness. It's not good. Go away. And that's when I moved to LA. I learned so many lessons by moving there. Number one, looking back at my life in New York, I think I was right. It's not that the people that I was seeing were bad. It's not that they didn't love me. It's just that we were all running towards something. And that a lot of things that we were doing were just projecting that exciting life. I think I had gotten to a stop where I needed to examine that. I arrived in LA and I told myself I'm not going to see people unless I really want to see them. I'm not going to go have brunch just to feel like my life is full. I'm going to let myself experience true solitude. I had a boyfriend when I moved to LA and very soon after we broke up. It didn't take a long time. L.A. was actually the first time in my life where I not only experienced living alone, but I also experienced being single for the first time of my life. Thankfully, though, this time I was over 40. There were many things going on in my life. But I knew that solitude was my friend. And I knew that she was a tough friend, one that doesn't give you any presence in the beginning that you have to just push through until you can find all the gifts that come with solitude. LA is a city where you can feel very, very, very lonely. There is no going around and walking in the streets and filling yourself with the energy like you can do in New York. There is no going to brunch on a desperate moment. It's just not the same. It's just 
very, very spacious. And I really wanted to take my time. And I was like, if I have one friend in one year, and it's a great friend, that is absolutely all I need. I'm rebuilding my life. And I want foundations so strong that nothing can break them. I think New York had broken me a little bit. And it was hard at times being in my big house alone with the sun shining outside. Nothing worse than the sun shining outside to make you feel like, oh, I should be out. I should be at the beach. I should be surfing. I should be with my friends hiking. But once again, I think that solitude is not where I encountered my creativity. That solitude is not the one like New York where I encountered all the discrepancies and all my emptiness. That solitude is where I encountered myself. I had gone through so much by then that I learned how to be alone. And it was absolutely beautiful. Not only was it very relaxing for my nervous system. I loved quietness. I didn't even put a podcast on like I do right now in London. I just let silence. I would cook for myself, go on long walks with my dog. And when I would see someone, I would make sure that it was for the right reasons, with true love and excitement, and never ever fillers again. So that's where I am now with solitude, talking to you from London on my own. I have a long Sunday in front of me. I feel no shame in saying that I'm taking my time. I only arrived here a year ago. It's absolutely fine and normal and healthy that I have one or two good friends it's already a big thing it's absolutely fine to enjoy different times of life in two or three years I'll probably have more people it will be more crowded and I'll look back at this time and these long weekends and love that I had that and I'll probably be looking for them and I think that's the one thing that I learned, so many things actually that I learned about solitude. Number one, you can't be creative if you don't push through to your solitude. So go through all the baths of, or showers of sorrow, of FOMO, of just emptiness. I think Creation comes from the emptiness because you start feeling this emptiness with love and presence and appreciation of everything that's around you, whether it's the sounds, the light, it fills you with something that we look for in meditation or these kind of things. Number two, I think that there is creativity and then there is love. And the moment you understand that solitude is something that is here protecting you from empty relationships, because if you're able to trade an empty relationship with solitude, that's when you win. 
you'll only fill your life with people who are relevant to it, with people who actually are excited to see it, with people who are bringing something like love to you and that you can love in return. So you insulate yourself from all the bullshit and all the toxic people and all the nothing relationships that, you know, really drain your energy for no reason when you have solitude as a friend. And to finish, solitude is one of the only ways to truly fall in love with yourself. When you start liking your company, being at ease with your thoughts, being able to confront your fears, being okay crying sometimes, finding ways to soothe yourself on your own. When you start doing that, exploring your past sometimes, leaving space to be able to read your emotions, to question them, those are three keys to live a very fulfilling life. Because I think solitude is one of the things we fear the most, being left alone, being forgotten. And when you realize how potent and how beautiful and how full it is, because it's there within yourself, you're free. And it's that freedom that I really wish for everyone. I wish better friendships, I wish creativity, self-soothing, self-care, and imprinting in ourselves the memory of that. So that even if we don't have a moment of solitude for years, you know that emotionally in your mind, you can always go back to it. You have it. You've imprinted it in your body. That sense of self-love, of self-fulfillment. It's so important. It's so important for love because for so many years I pursued love just so I wouldn't be alone. Friends were not enough. I needed someone right there next to me all the time because I couldn't stand the idea of being insignificant, of disappearing. It's only after a moment of solitude, a year and a year and a half, I think, that I was able to meet someone that was really good for me because I wasn't for once in my life doing what my ex-boyfriends were telling me, which is jumping from one branch to the other in fear that the void would catch me. So I wish you a lot of solitude. If you're young and experimenting with it, don't be scared of it. Look for it. Go find yourself in it. It's always a beautiful thing and a beautiful present. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk again soon. Bye, my loves. Le Rendez-vous is brought to you by Doré. Minimize bathroom time and maximize outdoor time with our super simple routine of Made in France skincare. Use code PODCAST10 for 10% off your first order. Thank you for listening to Le Rendez-vous. If you want to know more about me, find out about my newsletter and my community. Find me on Instagram at Garance Doré or at my website at garance.world. And well, if you'd like to find out how to spell that crazy name, just check out the show notes. 
Until next time, sending you love.